You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. I just fly on the side of my pants and rely on you guys. Yeah, folks, and that's kind of the way we always start, flying on our pants and sliding them down and doing whatever we do, but... It's just I'm not about sliding them down, Kevin. Well, if you're, fly, if you're flying on them, they're going to slide up or down, one or the other. Uh, and already we need to apologize to the listeners. We're sorry for Kevin. Yes. But, folks, that's the way we'll start Geekiest Show Ever, episode 185. Uh, I, want to fir- I want to start out first before we go around. You heard uh, Mark. Mark's back with us after a missing the last couple shows. Glad to have you back little golf clap for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, we have Mr. McPeak, our ever-present, ever-vescent Mike McPeak back with us. Oh, uh, okay. Effervescent. Uh, does that mean I'm full of bubbles? Oh, we, we won't explore that. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, on uh, I just got done a few minutes ago. We were doing uh, sci-fi tech talk, and you know, Julie said the reason why we have three hosts is so that when people are gone, there's always people there. And I said, yeah, because I'm the uh, stable one or the boring one, depending upon how you want to look at it. I'm always here, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my lot in life, just to be the anchor pin for everything to rotate around. So, well, you you make the show better, in my opinion, Mike, and that's a that's well, a sincere that's a sincere gesture on my part. It, it is really. You know, it, it's hard to do a podcast each and every single week and maintain the set crew, the set three of us. I mean, Kevin's pretty much always here. Mike's definitely always here. I'm pretty much flitty. I just, you know, fly in, fly out. So uh, it's just, it's wonderful to have Mike there. And, and look, I've got to be quite honest, some of my favourite episodes of Geeky's show ever are the ones that I haven't actually been on. Um, There's some of my- our favourites too. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Jeez, I tell you what, I walked into that one, didn't I? Yeah, I'm sorry. You you opened your mouth and held your foot right in front of it. I had to shove it in. Yep, you did. Well, sorry. not only did you invite abuse, you sent a limo out, picked it up, and brought it to you. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well. You know what, I, I had to give Kevin some some something to talk about, didn't I? Some ammo? Ammo. Yeah, for, us, ammo. for us gun-loving Americans over here. That's mm-hmm. right. You ain't getting my gun until you pry it from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> and that's the old saying, isn't it, Mike? Yes, it is. So, um, But we have had a gap in recording, and part of that was due to scheduling. Oh, and before I forget, I do want a big thank you to Julie Keel for uh, being on the last episode. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, she provided a lot of great information. Uh, and if you haven't listened to it, folks, go back and listen. Julie's a good friend of all of ours, and uh, especially Mike's. And uh, we love having her around and love talking to her. She's always a lot of fun. So, uh, But part of the problem we've had a little problem is of recent I've had uh, some health issues. Uh, and I've grossed Mark out with my health issues. Uh, but, uh, and, and just, oh, just honestly, listeners, you do not want to know. You ba- do not want to know. Well, the basics- it's dripping. It, 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 it seeps and it drips and it's drooling and ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho. Well, the basics are that I had a, got a nasty infection in one of my legs that infected the lower half of my right leg. Uh, Kevin, it, it, it looked like you had been, I don't know, you you were becoming an alien or something. You were transforming. Oh, it was just the zombies. skin healing. <laughs> Brains. Well, that's, that's from the uh, burning of the infection that was in my leg. So. Oh. But I'm happy to report that I am back on the mend. I am back to work some. 
it's a bit of a stretch, and especially yesterday I had to have a procedure done on the wound that I had in my leg uh, from the infection where they had to go in and scrape out some of the uh, flesh off, leave it at that. And the that you know that sounds bad. You don't need to really tell us much more, Kevin. That that that's so vivid. But I'll I'll, I'll put it to you this way, Mark, and this will show you how tough I was. I got no numbing, no anesthesia, or nothing. I was wide awake and feeling it the whole time. Kevin, are you naturally numb? No, I felt every <laughs> bit of that one. <laughs> I felt that that sharp hook knife thing they were using. It was just. Yeah, it was. It was not. Uh, it wasn't the best. Thing. And I get to go have it done again. I think. <laughs> Lucky you. Better I, you than me. I am fortunate in that way. So, but uh, I did want to tell folks I hadn't published it on Twitter or anything like that. I I did share a lot of it. Mark and uh, his wife and his kids and I had a nice chat. I guess it was last Friday night. Yeah. Um. Just because I was, or no, it was Saturday night. Yeah, because it was Sunday, Father's Father's Day. Day. A belated, and again, a belated happy Australian Father's Day to you, sir. Thank you. Um, But uh, we had a nice chat, and uh, it was a lot of fun to pick at Mark and and just have, I was going to say have my way with him, but that didn't sound right. (laughs) Uh, But uh, his wife, his wife uh, had her way with him while I was on there to watch, so no, that doesn't sound right either, does it? No. Okay, I'm sorry. I retract all those statements. Uh-oh. Yeah, Mark and I had a nice Skype we're, chat. <laughs> we're sorry about Kevin. So we, we've gone from zombie cast to porn or near porn or something. So okay, we're we're about on, on par. We're we're, we're hitting we're, all our standards. Yeah, we're 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 meeting the the bar that we have set. We're only five minutes in too. This is like this is not going to end well. No, it won't. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Let's let's change topics. Because uh, me feeling sorry for myself while I was laid up last week, I bought myself something to compensate for it. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. It was one of those things that you have to do at times. Um, I had been eyeball. Everybody knows I have two telephones. I have my iPhone 6 Plus. Dearly love it. And yes, listeners, we are going to talk about the Apple announcements that happened as we are recording today. Um. But I also have an Android phone. I've been a little ticked off at that. The phone itself and the basic things I do on it, it works fine. Uh, but two things, I can't upgrade carrier restrictions. I can't upgrade the version of Android that's on it. And because the current version that's on it doesn't allow easy access to SD cards that are put in it without rooting the phone, you know, I'm stuck with the little limited storage that came on the phone, which is just sucks. So uh, I still wanted to learn. I'm trying to be agnostic, more like Michael. Um, <laughs> so I so I went out at Staples, which is a office store chain here in the United States, for the last couple of weeks has had a special on an Android seven inch Android tablet that was sixty nine dollars. Hmm. It was uh, you know it doesn't have a ton of storage. But it did have KitKat, or 5.0, which is KitKat, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it has the next to the most recent uh, operating system on it, which will let me access an SD card if I stick it in. So I thought, you know, I want to give Android a fair shake because the experience was less than positive on my phone. So uh, I uh, ordered one and got it. And uh, 
I'll have to say, you know, as I start to wrap my brain around it, it's it, it's a big change for me from the way my brain is. Either I've been using iOS far too long, and I've been using versions of iOS since like version what would have come whatever would have come on the first iPod touches, first generation. I so I go back that far, so my brain is set that way. We'll say. Um, but I can, I'm starting to figure out and get a little bit better with Android. Um, it's a little better experience or not a little better, it's a fair bit better experience. Um, and for a tablet that was $69, I mean, it has some compromises, the off axis display, you know, it's not great. You pretty much got to be, you've got a viewing angle of probably from center out to about 70 degrees off center. Uh, not, not very far. Um, but you know, and it's pretty quick. It's got an Intel uh, Celeron processor in it, so okay. it's so it's not a bad processor. I don't Celeron I don't, or Atom. I think it's a Cel. I have to look. Maybe it is an Atom. It's the New Vision seven-inch tablet is the brand of it. Um, and I forgot to bring the box down with all the details on it. And I'll have to I'll have to mention the box too in a minute. But um, you know. Overall, it's a fairly positive experience. The only semi-negative thing is, and again, we're talking, I want to emphasize, a $69 tablet is the the glass is not nearly as smooth to slide your finger across as higher-end devices, either iOS or Android. So, I mean, that's a, that's a difference. But one of the funny things about it is, you know, as these things get fingerprints on them, a lot of times I have these little wipes that I use to clean my iOS stuff. Maybe it's because this is more plasticky or whatever it is. I can take a just a dry, soft cloth, not even a one of those ultra-suede, real fine cloth, and wipe it clean of the fingerprints in just a heartbeat. I can even, if I'm just, if I have on a soft T-shirt or something... I can scrub it on my T-shirt for just a second, and the t- and the screen is perfectly clean. I do that with my iPhone now, and uh, don't does, have any problems with it. Well, it doesn't get it as clean as I want it. My iPhone will okay. do it. I mean, but this just gets rid of all traces. There'll still be a little mm-hmm. bit of smudge sometimes when you do it when I do it on my shirt or, or the sleeve of my shirt. Well, I guess it depends what fabric you've got. Yeah, yeah. Your shirt's made right. of as well. Probably. So. Yeah, I, I looked up the specs. It's a quad core Intel Atom. Oh, Adam. Up, okay, mm-hmm. up to a yeah. I, I was thinking Celeron too, because Celeron was the, the the Pentium cheap chip. It would yeah. It was mm-hmm. the the chip that didn't meet Pentium standards. Mm-hmm. So right. they they just repackaged it at, as a, a more entry level, and it was more desk. I think desktop, desktop grade focused, than yeah, yeah focused than uh, than portable. But it's uh, like I say, and the packaging for this thing, I will have to give them credit. You know, everybody talks about Apple's packaging. The packaging on this thing was amazing. It looks like a book on a shelf. And when you slide it open, it even has a little hole in one side. You cut the seal and push on it to push it out the other side. And I took a lot of pictures of it as I was unboxing it, as geeks are wont to do. Um, the packaging was extraordinarily well done. I have to give New Vision credit for that. Um, very well done packaging. Documentation was more than sufficient, sparse, but more than sufficient. Um, you know, I've got, I got it. It'll be a week of Friday, so I've been playing around with it. I've been watching YouTube videos and stuff on it. And again, sans the viewing angle not being huge, that you can't get very far off axis. The viewing quality and the ability to stream high def 
it does pretty damn good for seventy dollars. Mm. Oh, I yeah. mean, I was just I was beside myself with how well it performed. So Well, like I say, you know, I've you know, you you acknowledge the fact I'm agnostic and so yeah, I have my Android tablet and I have my um um iPad and that. And you know, it all depends on what you want to do. I do like Android because they do things differently. And some people may say uh may say it's a security problem, but things like I, I use LastPass for my password manager. And I like the fact that a lot of the Android devices will allow it to integrate in. So if you need to copy a password into an app, the LastPass app will pop up and say, do you want to copy your password in here? Whereas in iOS, you have to go into LastPass, copy your password, or you know, username and password, depending, and then go over there and paste it in. So it saves you a few steps. And there's little things like that. And the fact that it gives you more options be that good or bad for you know playing around with your tablet um you know it all depends upon if you want just a you know a, a down-to-earth um experience without a lot of bells and whistles just be able to get it and use it yeah ipad's great but if you want to be able to do a few more things with it or just wish that it could do things the way you wanted it to rather than you know the apple way um you know android is fine so it, it depends on what you want to wrap your head around what you're looking for in your experience well mm. I, I mean like i said i feel like um, I won't say my job as a technologist uh, that I have to do this sort of thing as much as I did at one point in my career, but I still think it's I need to have a good understanding of these different technologies as much as I can. And again, at a price point of sixty nine dollars, I said, you know, yeah. where am I going to go wrong? If nothing else, the kids have an e reader and something they can watch YouTube on. Because I went into the Android app store, I found the mobile light app. That lets them stream from my little uh, portable media center thing that I have. So I said, "Great, got another tablet. Somebody can watch videos on if we take a road trip or something like that." What am What am I out? Seventy dollars. I mean, I mean, I think back to what I paid for my first iPad, and, mm. <laughs> and I contrast that, and I'm going, "Yeah, this is this is pretty damn good for it." And I've loaded the only app that I ha- or, or app. I haven't found an app that I like yet for Android is for Twitter. I mean, I've got the Weather Channel app, which is one of my favorite apps. I love, um, I've got Skype on there. I've got OneNote on there. I forgot what else I've loaded. Real happy with all that stuff. I need to get some of the crapware off of it. It wasn't a whole lot, a little bit on there. Um, I put I put one game on there, but I can't, oh, uh, Virtual virtual cat or something like it it's where you're pretending to be a cat and you have to jump up on stuff and knock things over that's the whole point of the game my daughter said oh try that dad try that you know i said well you know it's the price was right free Uh, so we did so um and it had one or two games on it but really i have to say overall i'm i'm very impressed especially at the price point and the build quality is very good uh, for that price point, I, it's something I would have expected more at the $150 price range or maybe $125 price range. So I'm really pleased with it. So, you know. Does it seem to be you're not going to get probably horribly responsive at that price point, but is it acceptable? Oh, it's more than acceptable. I've had uh, <laughs> as many as eight apps open and tapping and flipping between them. Nope, not a problem. The problem is me remembering how to flip between them and understanding mm-hmm. the, you know the yeah. home, the home key and all that um, functionality is is the yes. 
that's the thing that I've had the hardest time getting my brain around. It's a different paradigm moving from one to the other. Yes, exactly. So mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest trick. But yeah, I'm the responsiveness. I mean, it's really, really good. I, I was like, you know, and I think the thing it has one gig of RAM in it, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, so I mean, yeah, I think it did. it's you know, again, it's it's eight gigs of storage, and you can put up to a 32 gig SD in it. So. I have a micro SD, so I have a micro S 32 gig micro SD uh, that I bought for the phone, which, as I was saying, it's not really working. Uh, so I'll just put it over in the uh, tablet and keep going. That which means then between my iPhone, my iPad, and that, I've got I can sit and work in front of a tablet for solid for about 26 hours and not have to ever get get in front of a computer. Hmm. Now, Kevin, let me ask you, how does it compare with the iPad? You've got the iPad Air 2, of course, when you're looking at, and I'm not asking for a direct comparison. What I'm asking for is more, you know what the iPad Air 2 costs. It's quite an expensive piece of technology. And you know, of course, what this new unit costs. Dollar versus performance how does it sort of rate is it on par with what apple's offering like if the company produced a a higher quality product that is say ipad air 2 uh speed and performance would you pay multiple hundreds of dollars similar to what you would for an ipad for it i would give it a consideration only Mm -hmm. because they the company does happen to make other tablets i have never i haven't priced out they make everything up to a, about a 10-inch tablet, I think. Um, so I would consider it. Um, again, they're not a hugely a huge brand that I know of. It's N-U-V-I-S-I-O-N. Uh, and I'll put a link to the tablet itself in the show notes. Um, but it, um, I would give it a, a strong consideration. I still have to say at this point, and I'm, I'll be fair here, just as I said, I'm more used to iOS. The way iOS works, either my brain has come to fit it, or I'm okay with it. See, I and I don't, and I have a different opinion than you do about the uh, what's the what do you you call it uh, the the some kind of interface you call iOS? I forget what you oh the the Fisher Price toy Fisher interface. Price. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I, you know, some people call it the Palm Pilot. Some call it the Nude, and it, it just depends. I just. Although that is changing with iOS nine, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, no, I and I don't and I don't I don't see iOS that way. That's the difference between you and I, and that's everybody has their own opinions. But I would, uh, I'll definitely give New Vision another glance, and if I catch one of their larger tablets on sale, I'll have to grab it because can you really ever have too many? No, believe me. Yes. No. <laughs> yes, I have. I have four. So you know, yeah. yes. Yeah. We. Well, I know Mark has his opinion about how technology yes. has to be. Used. I have to use it. I can't let it sit there not being used. I just, I can't do it, guys. It's just I've tried and I can't do it. If I buy something, doesn't matter whether it's seventy dollars or seven hundred dollars, I have to use it. Kevin, you have to open those. USB sticks. Look, at it's like Mark Shepard buying that Mac Mini and never opening it and using the box as a doorstop. It's like, no! <laughs> well, and there's a uh, one terabyte uh, 7200 RPM drive that I haven't used 
Yeah, and then this last weekend I did. I bought that uh, 256 uh, SSD uh, probably about a month ago. I finally my son was home, so he put the uh, uh, swapped out the uh, hard drive in my little netbook that I got, and I put Windows 10 on there. And I don't know on that little netbook. It's getting a little better. Maybe it's taking a lot of time to index stuff, but it's a little sluggish on there. But um, I did get around to using that. And like I said, I was going to put that in my MacBook Pro, but I don't know. This, if I get the money, I may not spend too much more on the MacBook Pro and maybe get a maybe an iMac. I'm still debating what I'm going to do for my you know my next Mac here. So I might hold off and use it for something else. Who knows? Yeah, but. Uh I'm not the only one with a new purchase of technology. No, and you, you Mike guys bu- may... Mike, Mike bought cardboard. <laughs> uh, no, I thought I would sort of do a uh, sort of an unboxing here. I've already opened it up, but, uh, you know, every week we always give the, the weather report, uh, you know, where we're at and the temperature and this sort of stuff. And, you know, to be honest, I've always... Well, kind of going back to my dad, he was one of those guys, he kept a diary, so he would write down the... Uh, the temperature and maybe rain and weather conditions and all that kind of stuff. And I've tried to aspire to that, but really to sit down and be disciplined enough to do something like that, I kind of suck at it. So I wanted the automated uh, version of that. And I was on, uh, imagine of all places, Amazon. And so I got <laughs> looking around and... Oh, cool. Wicked cool. I know. It's you have to describe it to the audience there. Yes, yeah. It, it looks like you know a high tech yacht here, especially with this uh, what looks like a rudder here. Uh, and I've got the uh, uh, link here, so you can put it in the show notes. It's a five in one uh, weather station, uh, Wi Fi connected radar station. So it'll do wind direction, wind speed, temperature, rain, and humidity. It'll measure the rain on here. So I'm going to go up and mount this on top of the house. Um, where it'll hopefully get the best you know, wind direction. We have trees around here, so I'm not expecting it to be 100% accurate, but it should be fairly good. But um, I'm going to go up there, and then the thing is, like say, I'm a geek, so it's Wi-Fi connected. So there is this little um, uh, station here that you put down. Oh, try to get us so cool. you guys can maybe see a little better. Uh, you can put that someplace. We'll probably put it in our dining room. So it'll report information from there. But you can also connect it to um, Weather Underground. So you can become a weather station that reports the Weather Underground. So if you guys are ever curious what the direction, what the weather is at our house here, you know, I'll put it on there, and then you know, maybe next by next week I'll have things set up a little bit, and we can just put the link out there. And so if anybody wants to see what the weather's doing at at our house, uh, if you really care that much, or if you're praying I get struck by lightning, um, <laughs> you can see. And like I, said, I just I saw that I'm going, you know, and you know it'll record this stuff, so you can go back and 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 there's of course apps for it on. Uh, ios and android so i can sit there and pull up the information or like we're always curious again that's the farmer in me that you know how much rain did we get th- that last shower because we had a few like couple inch rains uh the last few weeks here and you know just to be able to have it know what you got you know at your place there is kind of handy and so like and it just kind of fed the the nerd in me about gathering information and it's technology and it's kind of that way that I think, like I say, going back to my dad, he uh, we got like probably thirty years of diaries that he kept, and most of it was mundane stuff. But there would always be the weather and the temperature, and he didn't do it every single day. But um, 
there was that stuff there. And like I say, I've always tried, I've tried it several times to keep track of that stuff, but it just kind of fell through. So if I can do it automated, but still be able to go back and look at that information, it kind of satisfies a certain, you know, itch in me. They have ointments um, that, for that too. Cool. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is really cool. I'm, I'm curious about you mounting it right on the roof. Um, if I get one, would you come mounted on my roof? <laughs> if you pay my way out there, sure. Because my roof's two stories, two and a half stories up. Well, see, ours is a one story, but I mean, I've worked on like a forty foot silo and uh, uh, and things like that. So it's not. I'm not going to say that I'm impervious to heights. Some certain heights will scare the crap out of me, but if it's a good stable base for me to stand on, um, I'm okay with it. So. It's, it's a brand new. I just had a brand new roof put on the house, so yeah, it should be a good stable base. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so, like I say, I'm going to put it up there. And ours is, uh, like I say, it's a one story, but the uh, garage sits a little lower than the house, and so I can get up on the garage, and then it's about uh, two and a half. The house peak is about two and a half feet taller, so I can stand there. And I think that's where I'll uh, mount it. It's about the highest point sort of away from the trees so hopefully we get a re- reasonably decent wind you know speed and direction and it's out there so she get good um no obstruction so the rainfall you know should be as accurate as you can get when we have a howling uh rainstorm uh around here but like i said i, I saw that and was kind of stoked and so i came in today and i've had other things to do so i haven't gotten it up yet but i'm hoping when i get home tomorrow i'll get up there and get things set up and uh and start playing with it but uh you know like i say uh I've, the weather's always kind of fascinated me a little bit, and you know, and my son, my oldest son, is kind of a weather nerd too. He uh, uh, pays attention last a lot of that stuff. And I thought, well, you know, this is just going to be kind of interesting. And and like you say, if you guys ever want to see, you know, if it's what the weather is doing here, then we don't have to look at you know some silly app on Apple. We can uh, um, you just pull it up, and it'll be on Weather Underground with and a lot of other. Uh, and I've looked around there. I haven't got really deep into it, but it looks kind of interesting because there's a lot of other amateur weather people that report information. So if you want to be able to pull up information, like say at a lake or something like that, um, a lot of people will, uh, you know, report it. So there, it's just a, a whole. Uh, and the, there was one other one that I found, and I wonder if I can remember what the name of it was. I had considered that one. It didn't do wind speed or direction and it wouldn't major measure rain amounts it would just tell you if it was raining but it would do temperature and humidity but it had a camera built into it cool. uh, yeah because i figured you'd probably get off on some of our epic snowstorms that we have in south dakota here yeah kevin's going hey, hey, hey. Uh, just you on a minute kevin um but uh <laughs> You know, I thought uh, just to point it in our backyard so people could kind of see. Uh, and I think that one did time lapses so you could kind of, um, you could, you know, maybe a progression through the seasons of watching that go from brown to green to that depressing white color and all that other kind of stuff. So, And I'm still, I'm, I'm toying with that idea, you know. Uh, I got to spend my money on something, so um, I'm toying with that one. So maybe not right away, but maybe in the future we'll see how this one goes. But I might do that, and just you know, like I say, have a weather cam in our backyard there, so that uh, you know, it can um, just see what the weather is like in South Dakota. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I have a couple friends a little further north of me that know my affinity for the uh, beautiful white stuff that comes down in the winter, and uh, I have uh, several backyard cam links. <laughs> 
<laughs> that they have sent me, either that they have or that their neighbors have shared with them, and they're sharing with me so I can watch, you know. They'll say, oh, it's snowing in, like, uh, I'll use New Jersey as where one or two of them are that I know of, that I have, and they'll say, oh, it's snowing in New Jersey. I say, oh, wait a minute, I can verify that. And I, <laughs> and I go in and look and see, well, you're full of shit, Weather Channel. It ain't snowing in New Jersey here. It ain't snowing in such and such a place. Uh, and I'm not going to give out where these people are, but, yeah, yeah though. But no, that's really cool. I like Weather Station. I've toyed around several times with the idea of getting one of those, something like that. Mm-hmm. And putting up here, uh, I'm kind of. I'd be afraid to put it on the front of the house because we had a storm that came through last week, and it actually moved our basketball. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and it was. This is this is a basketball hoop that has you know it's a ten foot high, regular backboard and everything, and it has three hundred and some odd pounds of sand on it holding it down. Because it's one of the movable kinds, so you can roll it out of the way if you want. But it has the you. Mike probably knows what I'm talking about. They sell these mm-hmm. tubes of sand, normally used in concrete mixing, but you can also use them as weight. And I got 300 pounds, maybe 350. I can't remember. Uh, a sand sitting on, and it actually turned. The wind got so strong it turned the hoop about uh, a foot and a half. When the wind gust came through, and it just drug it around, so it's pointing the wrong way a little bit now. My wife came in and said, "You hit it with the with your truck." I said, "No, I didn't." <laughs> <laughs> and I should probably be worried because uh, you know you have mountains and trees there, which maybe kind of slow the wind a little bit. We're out here on the plains, and we're almost on top of a hill, so. Um, who knows? This thing may end up uh, in Kansas. We don't know. But um, <laughs> no, no, uh, I'll no, have no. to. <laughs> uh, I'll have to see if it can be, you know, fastened so that it just won't, you know, lift out of there. But uh, you know, it's it it looks reasonably constructed. And it's got two little solar panels on there because that runs little fans to blow air through it to cool it off. Because otherwise, the sun you put it out there in the sun, the temperature, even though it's kind of a pale color, the uh, temperature of the sun will uh, throw your uh, uh, temperature reading off a little bit. So it's got two little solar powers uh, panels there that power a fan that blow air through there to try and keep it ambient air temperature and not the temperature of the unit. Although you do have to put four, and I'll have to go out, no, she'll have to go out and buy some, uh, oh, um, what's the special batteries for cold temperature? Lithium ion? Yeah, probably. Yeah, the ones that will take cold temperatures because, you know, right now it's fine. But, you know, when it starts getting down to 30 below zero or something like that, some of those uh, batteries just kind of give up the ghost on you. And I don't want to be up there in the middle of winter. It's not that high up, but I really don't want to be up there in the middle of winter, um, you know, putting batteries in that thing. So Yeah, if, if I ha- if I get one of those, I think, out on my back deck, which is sits out from the house about 12 or 13 feet, that would be sufficient to... Uh, to catch it because it catches plenty of sun year round so it it kind of really gives you a feeling for what the weather's like it's you know kind of out in the open but a little bit protected from some of the howling northwest winds we get not completely but a little bit protected from that so uh that might end up i'll have to consider that as a christmas list option to uh to Mm. to, for there because that would definitely be something fun i like you i'm a bit of a weather geek Mm -hmm. 
I can hear Elisa hollering at me now. Stop talking about the damn weather. You know, <laughs> I had I had a response with her and our good friend Dorothy uh, Yamamoto on Twitter. They were talking about how hot it was, and I said I will simply quote uh, Robin Williams and say it is crotch pot cooking hot <laughs> from Good Morning Vietnam. Perfect temperature. No, 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 no. Not very perfect. So, but that's pretty cool, Mike. You'll have to let us know yep. how that goes. Yep, and like I say, um, hopefully, uh, well, depending on when you get the when I get thing get my crap together and when I get things uh, set up, um, I might give you or send you a link because uh, you should be able to. I should be able to put it uh, in Weather Underground, then send you a link to that so that you could maybe put it in the show notes. So if anybody wants to see what the what we are having for weather here, which would be probably changing <laughs> soon. Uh, but, you know, they can keep an eye on it. And just if they want to see what uh, or see why, you know, in the middle of winter, I'm griping and complaining because it's like the wind is blowing 40 miles an hour. And it's 20 degrees below zero out. They can kind of see, you know, what I why I complain about things. Well, yeah, that's 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 true. I will give you that. You know, it does get a little colder up there where you are than, than I do here mm. at times. So. All right. So, and you have longer stretches of it usually than I do. Mm. Oh, yeah. From we don't usually see our grass from about yeah, possibly November till about mm, April, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. So, no, we'll see it off and on all winter, yep. depending. We never right. usually go more than a month or so without seeing it. Wow. Okay. So, but, yeah, you know, we were talking about big winds. I think there was another big wind that blew through the tech community today. That's a very good segue. As we record this, folks, today was the big Apple announcements. Uh, I've had a chance to watch most of the uh, keynote. I was working, so unfortunately I couldn't. I think Mark has seen all the keynote. Mike has caught the highlights. Yes. So um, uh, we'll start off. Let's try to go in the order in which they went through things. So the first thing up was the Apple Watch. Anybody care? Yeah. Eh. Well, I, I don't know. I, sorry, Mark. Well, I was going to say, you know, I I poo poo the Apple Watch, but you know, again, me another gadget. I got myself a uh, um, Garmin fitness tracker, which puts um, it connects Bluetooth and puts uh, notifications on my wrist. And so, I, you know, I poo poo the Apple Watch, but then I get something like this that does some of the same things. I mean, it doesn't do apps, but it is rather handy. A phone call comes in, or an email comes in, or a text message or something and look down at my arms i guess i get it it's just the 350 dollars part of it that stupid app that they put on my phone that i can get rid of is another part of it and i think the fact that they were kind of playing up the jewelry aspect of it you know i mean i do like my jewelry i got bracelets i got rings it's not that i'm opposed to jewelry but just something about apple i don't know to me it in my mind, I guess it does serve a tech purpose, but the way they kind of, especially when they started trotting out the $1,000 Apple Watch and the gold and the the frou-frou, you know, snob in the air appeal of it, that's really what just kind of <laughs> torqued me off that, you know, Apple's always had that kind of high-end um you know, ideal to it, or you know, they—that's th- kind of the way they thought. But this what kind of went beyond that. It's kind of like, hey, let's you know, get in bed with the millionaires, which they already are, but you know, or even the billionaires. But it's just that, like I say, I think it's maybe that thousand dollar fashion statement that just really kind of Apple. What's you know, 
it just to me it just doesn't quite fit in with their you know pro- they've made good useful simple products that served a purpose well you know what purpose does a thousand dollar apple watch serve other than for somebody to stand around and be ostentatious and say oh let me see what time it is you know as they flash their it's just snobbery and i guess i don't do snobbery but um you know the apple watch i guess if i get beyond that you know maybe if i saved up my money and quit buying all these stupid little gadgets but also the job i do i might just beat the crap out of it too so that's the other thing but i don't know the apple watch i just was and i guess i should look to see i know they said something about uh watch os 2 and something about native apps so that could be if they can break the I always have my phone with me anyway, but if they kind of break that tie, so I guess for certain people like who want to go out for a run, want to listen to a little music, um, and not have to have their phone with them, uh, and like I, said, I should see what sort of uh, independence they're uh, planning on bringing to the watch. But if they can break the uh, absolute have to have a phone bond uh, with the watch, then maybe it would become a little bit more interesting. But for right now, yeah. Yeah, Mark. Well, I, I certainly agree with Mike's um, opinion of, of the snobbery. I, I too was like, oh, geez, you know, it really. Apple has never, with a product before, separated the, and I don't. This is probably not the right way to say it, but the have and the have nots. Um, they've, with the Apple uh, Watch, they they've really said, hey, you know. It, it is a fashion statement. It is showcasing, like a, a sports car would, how successful you are in life. And it, it, it doesn't sit well with men. I don't think that that's their, their ethos behind the scenes. I think they want humanity to be equal or as equal as possible. But because it is a jury item, they do need to spruce it up a little bit and talk about it a little bit. So I think it, it's a bit of a, a quandary that they're in. That said, I don't look at it from a, a fashion standpoint. I haven't worn a watch for years, and I keep going back to the possibility of getting an Apple Watch because I look at things and I go, well, that would be useful or that would be useful. The ability to take a call while I'm cooking rather than take the, the phone off my speaker dock to then take a call would be great. The ability to not carry the, the phone with me in every room um, because I'm connected and I can get a message or I can accept a call on the, the Apple Watch would be fantastic. And you know what? I didn't even think that that would be an issue a year ago until they announced the Apple Watch and, oh, wow, you could do this. And then every time I've got to run into the other room to, to grab the phone, I just go, oh, it, this could be easier. So I look at the technology and I think the technology is sound. Um, you know, they, they showed a couple of things in the... Uh, conference today, press conference, whatever you want to call it. GoPro, for instance, the GoPro cameras. Yep. Uh, you, could, you could use that as a viewfinder. I thought that was a really inventive way of using And this is, of course, in Watch OS 2. This is uh, coming out mid-September. And that ability to then have that as, as a, a viewing point, I, I just I, I went, wow, yeah, that actually works. But what really uh, interested me, even though I'm not a doctor and I don't like going to doctors, was the airstrip uh, functionality where the doctor can actually monitor remotely heart rate, BP, all this kind of stuff. And then 
order tests and so forth based off that. They don't actually have to come around. And anyone who's been in hospital knows that the, the worst thing is waiting for the doctor to do their, their rounds. It can take hours. Whereas with this device, instead of getting uh, paged like they, they used to, they can actually see what's going on with the patient. It's all connected. And then they can, you know, either go and visit the patient or say, please do a further blood test or whatever they want. And I thought... Even if this isn't the most perfect solution to this, this really takes medicine to the next level. This takes humanity to the next level. Sometimes I get frustrated with technology because I go, uh, we're just digitizing what was in the analog world. And sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it or don't create a new way of doing it. This, however, really takes it a step forward. And I think we're going to see more things come out with the Apple Watch that we haven't even thought of yet that's going to be, oh, that's actually rather interesting. I like the idea of being able to, you know, there's websites and so forth, more more so I think in the States than Australia. I'm not sure what our situation in Australia is. But the medical things where you can sort of go into a website and a qualified doctor, you know, will sort of diagnose some of the, the issues you've got and so forth. But if you could actually have the Apple Watch there and have that information send, you know, send confidential information to the doctor that you're talking to, then that could really help the healthcare systems worldwide where there wouldn't be such long waiting lists and all this kind of stuff. It really has the opportunity to, to expand quite significantly. And if we look at Apple Pay being in the Apple Watch, imagine going and, and getting a prescription and you get the prescription filled. You just flush it in front of a machine uh, in the pharmacy or, or the drugstore, as it's known in the U.S., and then your prescription can be filled from that. No longer do you need a, a piece of paper. You can't lose the piece of paper. It's all there connected into the Apple Watch and it's all linked in. And then as you're taking the medicine, alerts can be sent out to the doctor from the Apple Watch to say, oh, okay, he's taking this new blood pressure uh, tablet. Well, geez, his blood pressure's you know, um, not being reduced like the tablet should or there's a side effect that they can pick up from that. And I think... That's yeah. You can go. You can go nuts, but I I like that, and I I like. I guess what I'm looking at now is I want to be part of this future technology. I want to be part of the Apple Watch community that can expand into these areas and see where we go next. I I, I look at the iPhone and it's it's, it's a phone. It's cool, but. It's a phone and an internet device. This Apple Watch takes healthcare and and your own personal health to another level. And uh, that's what I'm looking at, the the technology there. And then just the ease of use, just being able to reply to a message quickly or say, okay, Kevin's calling me. No, I won't run into the other room to get the phone. He can wait. I'll call him back later. That'd be great. So in other words, it allows you to more definitively decide to ignore me in a much more quicker fashion. Absolutely. Because by the time I've run into the other room, I'm already kind of committed to answering the phone. Well, then that's when I just call Gretel and talk to her. Yeah. And we talk about you. So. God knows why you'd want to. Well, it's, it's our plans. We're working on plans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, just so don't, say, don't say anything I have to testify to in court. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's it's the technology. The technology intrigues me. It interests me. 
Um, look, it's still very much a version 1.0 product, even with the, the uh, Watch OS 2. Um, but it, you know what? It, it's one of those things that I'm just seeing all the time. Jeez, I, I really want one. And, yeah, I, I mean, the price point, though, yeah, it's excessive. It is. But then I just bought 19 Iron Maiden 7-inch singles for $300 yeah. last week so you know it's all perspective it's, it, you know Mike was saying he buys all these little bits of technology mm-hmm. I buy all these records that cost so much and then we whinge about how much the the Apple Watch costs and it's like yeah if we don't actually buy all this other stuff it doesn't cost that much but at the same time you, you've got to go with what you want personally and, and I think that the Apple Watch is either it, it, you're going to like it or you're not going to like it um, some people are selling their Apple Watches and going, you know what, I tried it, it wasn't for me. And I don't, look, I don't know, maybe I'd buy one, use it for a month or two, and then go, yeah, no, I, I don't really see a benefit here. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I agree a little bit with both of what you said. I like it from the perspective that it's new technology and it's kind of cool, but it's just one of those things that has to yet... Um, uh, energize you, yeah. Energize me, or as our good friend Allison says, blow my blow your blow her skirt up. You know, to get you really interested in something. See, um, from the weather perspective, and I know you're a fan of of mm-hmm. monitoring weather and so forth, Kevin. I think the Apple Watch would be truly beneficial for you because it does deliver that information to the watch and allow you to keep up. And and then with the watch uh, version OS two. Um, you can then go throughout the day and see what the weather conditions are going to be like and how they're going to change throughout the day. Very similar to what you can do now anyway in weather apps on iOS, but you can do it just sitting there and scrolling. Yeah, and you would think that would be a natural for me, but one of the reasons I like my iPhone 6 Plus over the 6 or the 4 that I had is I want more data on the screen and that's you know, and I'm you know. Granted, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go into the old man stick here, but you know, as I get older, it's a little more difficult for me to see. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't want little teeny bits of data. Now, am I saying I'll never ever have an Apple Watch? No. This is just one of those products that because it is very much, and even my friends that have them, uh, my friend Steve Sheridan, Allison's husband. And others I know that have they say it is very much a version 1.0. And this is just one of those version 1.0s where I bought several version 1.0 things from Apple. This isn't going to be one of them. I just, you know, let it mature, let it age, and then I think I'll be in. I think I'll be into it at some point. But it's going to, and it's, the price point's going to have to get a lot better, or they're mm. going to have to offer me more because again i'm not a i used to wear a watch i wore a watch up until just two or three months ago when the battery died i've been too lazy to get a new battery for my watch but um and that's the only reason i don't wear one but i was finding that i was taking my watch off a fair amount of time because uh my laptop i use at work an ultrabook we've talked about that before when i'd be typing on it it hooked right on the Mm. edge of the uh the case, right? Was you know, I was typing it would hook it yep. occasionally, so I'd have to get it out of the way. So yeah, I'm I'm not. I don't see it as the game changer that some people do. I'm also not as dead set against it as I was originally. 
but you know, on a scale of one to ten, where I was a one against it before, I've moved up the scale to maybe a two, maybe a two point five. But I need to get to at least a seven before I'm ready to commit to something like that. But you mm-hmm. know, I'm hopefully I'll be around long enough to see it get to version three or four, and and then maybe get more excited, and it will, as Allison says, blow my dress up and uh, make make it something mm-hmm. that I want to purchase. So. But uh, I, they did introduce some interesting new-looking bands for it. Something. Well, they, they did, and I'm, I'm actually looking at that one at the moment, the, uh, dark the blue. golden dark blue. It just it looks nice. It, yeah. it, and, and that's it, – I mean, it's expensive, but it looks nice. Okay, it's expensive for me, but it's a cheap version. It's the sport band and the sport version, and it's five seventy nine. And I look at that and go, oh, that's, that's sort of nice. You could dress that up, dress that down. Whereas some of the other sports versions, like the that aqua blue, I just look at it and go, oh, geez, when would I wear that? I'm, I'm just not hip enough to wear that, I guess. No, you're not. I can tell you you're not that hip. <laughs> Thanks. You're more of a that lime green hip. No, nah, the lime green doesn't work for me either. Actually, makes I, me wanna, It makes me want to lick myself. Oh dear! Oh, 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 oh come on! Did anyone get that? Yeah, well, you, if you would have said something about salt and tequila, then it wouldn't have been so bad. But uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah so. Okay. All right. So uh, that's our quick take on the Apple Watch. Now let's move on to uh, the next thing: the iPad Pro. Mm. I'm looking squarely at you, Mr. Greentree. He uh, who has shunned iOS, you know, who was who almost peed himself when he got his iPad Mini. Um, yeah, listen, I, I'm fickle. We know that. Okay. Yeah. As frequently as frequently as the wind changes direction. Um. I've got to say that the iPad Pro, bloody nice. Yeah. Um, it takes iPad and, and usability to a completely new level. It still doesn't have the functionality I'd personally need. And what I'm talking about functionality, really, it, it's come down now to where if the Ability to record a podcast and edit a podcast on the iPad Pro was there. I could almost do away with a Mac completely um, because that's the one thing that's holding me to a Mac is is having that. Now, uh, you know, there is a little bit more power and so forth in a Mac, but in saying that, the iPad Pro packs maybe more power even than my MacBook Air. Uh, my MacBook Air couldn't edit 4K video um let alone three streams of 4K video. Now, they didn't specify um, what type of 4K video and was it, you know, an uncompressed 4K or was it a compressed 4K. They didn't really go into those details. But it's certainly faster, um, very powerful, very nice looking. It reminded me with the keyboard of the Microsoft Surface and, and with the pen as well. I was surprised that they actually did a pen, but I could understand why. At least they, they did it properly. Um I think it's going to be very appealing to a lot of people. I think it's going to be very appealing to business. I think it's going to be very appealing to students. Um, again, we've got an issue with the price, though. It's going to be 
very, very expensive for what it is. I mean, it comes in at seven ninety nine for a sixty four gig model, and 30, that's a thirty two. Thirty two. I mean, okay, maybe it's on par with the Microsoft Surface, but you've got to remember the Microsoft Surface is a full-blown Windows platform as well. Um, And I was thinking with the iPad Pro, wouldn't it just be amazing if they put the MacBook Air into the iPad Pro and allowed you to run both operating systems and switch between? But I don't... Having seen Apple announce it this way, I don't think that that's what they want to do. I think... They're looking at the Mac OS being the legacy operating system, one that will probably stay around, but one that will only appeal to a specific type of user, whereas I think they're hedging their bets on iOS being the future operating system. And suddenly the multi-tasking capabilities that are now within the iPad Pro just blew my mind. The Microsoft presentation for the Office Suite. That's was what I was just, wondering about, yeah, with you. It was incredible. The ability to go through uh, the different apps and, and literally creating one and then just do a copy and paste straight across. It was intuitive. It was simple. It was clean. It wasn't clunky. And I know that Apple does. You know, some of their presentations, like with Siri, it's not live. It's sort of pre-done, I'm sure of it, because the responses come through too clearly and they're correct every single time and and it comes through quite fast. But this is real-world performance because you've got to actually see them working on the actual device, got to see the speed. And that ability to go between, I mean, I I just, one tap to to launch uh, Word and bingo, it it was instant. And, okay, yes, we don't have the bouncing of the icons on iOS, but we know that you tap and it could take a second or maybe two seconds depending on the speed. And I look at my iPhone 5S and when I tap it, it takes a good half second to a second to launch Microsoft Word. Not on the iPad Pro, it was instant. And then the ability to move between multiple open apps, it was just there. So um, I'm really interested in it. I don't know if I'll buy one. Um, now, I've had every version of the iPad, so I've had the full size and I've had the mini. Um, and not every version, of course, but I've had both sizes. Yeah. And I've, I've, I kind of want to experience this size and almost go and see, hey, can this replace my MacBook Air? Admittedly, it still can't do some things. But I look at what they're doing and I'm like, geez, if someone would just write an app, if if Skype would somehow include the ability to record a call or if FaceTime on iOS could be recorded or if there's some way that it could be done, especially with that multitasking. Imagine taking the audio from Skype, pumping it out and then pumping it back in somehow and then recording it in Audacity or GarageBand or something. That would be super cool. I don't even know if it's possible, but it would be cool. So I, I think... The iPad's here to stay. I think it's um, going to overshadow the other two models, though, the, the mini and the, the full size. Um, it, it really is very compelling. Yeah, I I mean, I was blown away by all the features it has in it. I'm a little estranged in the models that there's a, it jumps from 32 to 128 and there's nothing in between. I would have thought there would have been an in-between configuration. Um, yeah, Apple's really, really bizarre when it comes to storage. I mean, we'll talk about the iPhone in a minute, but they're 
they're, they're still going with 16 gig devo- um, storage for the iPhone, and yet that can do 12 megapixel uh, digital camera exactly. shots and 4K video. And it's like, okay, I can understand why maybe you want a, a cheapy entry level phone, but that's what the 5S is now. That's what the the six and the six plus they they go down in tiers. Why does the flagship model still have to have this low capacity? I personally would have would have must, much have preferred um, the entry level iPad Pro to be a 64 gig versus the 32. Gives more longevity, and you've got to remember th- this is something that if we're talking, okay, could this replace a, a laptop, for instance? Well, I want to be able to store my stuff on there. I want to be able to store content on there if it's going to be almost like a laptop replacement. And they've got iCloud, and they've reduced iCloud, which is great. Uh, the iCloud storage options, but then again, you still need internet. You need fast enough internet to have everything flow smoothly, yep. and it, it's not foolproof. It can fall over, and it can collapse, and it can be an issue. Um, and there's still no integration between iOS 9 and the time capsule uh, for a local backup. So if you want to have this as your main computer instead of buying a Mac, um, there's no way to. There's only the iCloud backup, and then if that fails. You've got nothing. So, it, I don't know. There's still holes in the product. I mean, it's it's a mature product now, and it's going to definitely go forward, and it, it's going to be wonderful. But I just I look at it, and I'm just it, – it still doesn't tick all those boxes of, I think, what we need. It ticks a lot more than the previous uh, iPad uh, models did, but it, it just doesn't tick everything. And I think it'll be good for enterprise. Uh, I, I don't know as it'll be good for the person looking to make that their one and only computer or computer-style device, if you will. Yeah. Mike, how? Uh, what do you know? Well, like I say, we've already established fact I have four, so I don't know, you know, that I need another one. Want, need, you know, that's two different things. But, you know... Um, I, there's nothing that really just you know got me excited. Now I can see some people. I can see graphic artists with that the, the pencil as they're calling it. They're not going to call it a stylus because Steve Jobs says that you never need a stylus. The finger is your stylus. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they're not you know in their minds they're not backtracking. But yeah, they do give you a stylus. And so it's going to be kind of interesting. You know, if I was an artist, I would probably be all over this like white on rice. Uh, because I could just see, because um, you know, I follow Scott Johnson, and you know, it looked like he was having, uh, you know, digital, or- yeah, digital orgasms over the potential of using this for drawing and stuff, and especially with now, you know, the some of the ideas do intrigue me, like the pressure sensitive uh, pen and the fact that you can do shading and uh, you know different thicknesses of lines and all the stuff that artists could make great use of, but me, it's like, I screw up stick figures, so really, you know, this is, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. of no use to me, but uh, yeah, to play with, sure, but I don't know that I would spend, now, if it was, you know, like Mark said, if it could do what I do on my I, uh, my MacBook Pro, because I don't do that much heavy-duty stuff on there, really, because uh, I got my Windows computer for gaming, then um, I do want a portable device. If it could substitute, you know, instead of maybe getting another Mac computer, um, and I do wish it was a little closer to the surface in the respect of, 
you know, some people have criticized Microsoft for the blending of the operating system across devices, but it would be kind of nice if, you know, this was more like a Mac operating uh, tablet in the respect that, you know, you could use apps from one to the other, so you wouldn't have to go out and buy a you know, new suite of apps or, you know, something like that. Or if you could run stuff that you're familiar with, uh, more powerful apps than, like, say, maybe a tablet um, app might do. So if there was that blending of the iOS uh, and macOS uh, thinking, then and I could maybe end up using it as a uh, you know de- a laptop replacement anyway. Uh, then I would maybe consider it, um, but because uh, I I'm, like I say when it comes to the Mac, I'm probably better off having a desktop for excuse me the amount that I use it. But boy, you know a Mac tablet would be kind of nice to have. And like I say, I know a lot of people have criticized Microsoft and the the Surface uh, and Windows 8 and blending everything together like that. But I don't know. I, I would have found it appealing on the iPad. Yeah, mm. I I mean, when I look at it, um, we talked about a, f- uh, a couple, few months back when I had a Surface Pro uh, as a loaner uh, from work and using it. Um, I liked it. But it wasn't still. I wouldn't want to replace my Ultrabook with it that I have for work. Um, it's much more functional, more versatile. The keyboard um, that I had with the Surface Pro, and that's one of the big things. The keyboard that I saw that they're showing with the iPad Pro, I'm a little leery of the, and partly because of my experience one with membrane style keyboards prior. I mean, I'm willing to give Apple the benefit of the doubt. If anybody's going to do it right, they're going to do it right when it comes to that. And that's the fanboy in me speaking, folks. Sorry. Um, but the uh, I've had iPad cases that had the membrane keyboard in them from well-known manufacturers like Belkin, Kensington, and places like that. Didn't really like it. Didn't really like it at all. So that, that, that made me leery. But, on the other hand, when they showed a full-size keyboard on screen, and it still looked like it had a lot of damn screen real estate left, I went, okay, you're starting to hit into the ballpark that I could start to, you know, if I've got Microsoft Office and other things like that, I could probably do a lot of the stuff that I would want to do. And the interesting thought as they were going through it that, that, came, that made me come away with... Um, is I'm thinking, okay, and this kind of goes to what Mark was talking about, not having a local backup, is that maybe uh, my next setup, and this is a few years away because I'm not doing anything with my iMac. I love my iMac and wouldn't trade it for the world. But maybe it's a Mac Mini with a nice big screen hooked to it, mm-hmm. and or probably two or three big screens hooked to it, but we're not going to go into that. But also, uh, uh, you know, it would have to be a high-end Mac Mini, just something with a large drive in it, not even the super-fast processor. But then probably maybe an iPad Pro is the primary computer, because I do have to say, I mean, last week I spent very little time uh, in front of my Mac. I spent most of my time on my iPad uh, Air 2, and I was pretty damn happy. I really was in doing it. Between that and my iPhone, I was really happy with it. So, I you know, it makes me think that at some point down the road that a desktop computer, I, I don't see myself right now buying a brand new 
I want one, but I'm not seeing myself buying one, a, a, a MacBook or a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro, just because they don't offer a significant benefit in portable computing that I would make use of. Because like Mike, even when I had my MacBook, it sat on my desk probably 95% or more of the time. I rarely mm. lugged it yep. around. The iPad Air, as soon as I come home in the evening and get changed and start to relax, it... You know, it's in one hand, it, it and the phone are in my hand, and I can do almost anything I want to do computing related uh, from those two devices. I actually came across nothing I wanted to do last week except maybe edit the show if I had one to edit, and I've already tested the capability that I could do that using Twisted Wave. Um, but, you know, that I could do 95% of what I want to do on my iPad Air 2, and then I take that to the conclusion of the iPad Pro, I could probably do 97% of what I wanted to do, and I would probably be pretty damn happy. I did find it interesting they talked about the weight of it. Even though it's thin, it weighs mm. what the original iPad did. Which which isn't too bad. I mean, it is, it is compared to the iPad Airs yeah. and the Air 2, but... I, I don't think uh, because it's so large. I, I think too, you want a bit of heft in it. You, you expect oh, yeah. that it's going yeah. to weigh a bit because you'd think if it didn't have that that substance to it, it, it just wouldn't feel right. Yeah, no, I, but, I agree with you. But I, I last week I was switching back and forth because I use my old iPad as a streaming device a lot of times. I hook it to the TV and you know use it to stream. And I was holding it up, and I do remember the one thing. I never did read much on my iPad, my original Gen iPad, because it was too heavy to hold and just read Mm -hmm. uh, long term. But I do read a lot of Kindle books if I'm not using my Kindle itself. I read a lot of the Kindle books I have on my iPad Air, too. I can lay back, relax, and and read very easily on that. So that's the only hesitation I have. Well, and like I say, heavy... Uh, hopefully it'll mean battery life because they said 12 hour uh, from what I just looking here I haven't watched anything I'm just looking at the Apple's uh, page here it said 12 hour battery life so you know part of that weight might be battery but like Mark said too you know you want it to feel substantial because I got my iPhone here but I've got it in a battery case and I actually like the feel of it better here it's a little thicker you can grab it a little better uh, and it just feels better because when I have the naked iPhone it just seems you know, light. It just doesn't seem, you know, and this is something, you know, I grab it in my hand and it feels, you know, like it's, you know, significant. And that might be part of it too, is that, uh, you know, you can, yeah, you've got your cheapy clear plastic case, but it does protect it. But yeah. I just need, I use lots of apps, you know, like GPS uh, walking apps and that kind of stuff to just chew through the battery. So I needed a battery pack to put on here. But like I said, I just like the way that it feels. It feels, uh, you know, good in your hands, and that might be the thing with the iPad, uh, the Pro like that, is that it may have just so that when you pick it up, you feel like this is a meant to get down the business thing rather than this just like cheapy lightweight thing. It, it, my, you know, Apple's always been kind of good on the mental side of it. Um, you know, let's not forget the Steve Jobs um, reality distortion field so they've always they've understood the kind of getting inside people's minds and that might be part of it is just that too light and it'll feel people will think cheap. cheap yeah or not not hefty not able to do the job and but you know like you said too kevin you don't want it too heavy because if you got to sit there and hold this sucker all of a sudden you know your arms are just going 
down like that, and that will decrease its usability. So it's a fine line there, but there is some psychological thinking behind that, I'm sure. Well, you know, mm. one of the other things I think is they try to make the bigger push, and they made mention of this into the uh, corporate world. Um, with an iPad Pro, one of the good things that they're looking at there is some of the analysts bust them for the replacement cycle. I mean, I still have my original Gen iPad. I didn't use, I used nothing but it until I got the fourth Gen iPad. Um, and then I've got an iPad Air too. So I keep them a lot longer than most people, or no, I don't say longer. I say I keep them as long as most people do, and the upgrade cycle isn't probably what they want. But in a corporate environment, the upgrade cycle could be a lot quicker. So there's also, you know, that, you know, Apple's company, they got to make money. There's always that, you know, if uh, they, they want to have more turnover and more um, uh, cash revenue or cash flow, I should say, from a device, you, you could look at it that way. This is one of those devices that if you put it in the corporate world, corporate world, they're probably really likely to replace them about every other time. You know, with something like this, so maybe not every other. You know, it's going to vary company to company, but it is. It's 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 an interesting point. I would, and I agree with you though, Mark. Too, I would have liked to see them started at sixty four rather than thirty two. Uh, my my air is a sixty four gig, and I think personally that's the perfect area to start with. Um, and I'm really happy with that amount of storage, and even all the crap I have on it, I haven't hit fifty percent of that storage yet. I don't think I'm not. I'm just a little shy of it. I think I got like t- 34 gigs free on it. So that's yeah. that's pretty good. I mean, I feel really right. pretty good about that. So And you know, I guess the point I was trying to make with Microsoft and their uh their Surface and the it it's the consistent interface from the device to device because if you are doing things on Mac and you want to put it on like your iPad and continue work Sometimes the interface isn't the same, so then you have to adapt to a different way of thinking. And like this, that HP um, Windows tablet I have, it has a tablet mode and it has a desktop mode. So you can switch between the two. If you just want to sit there and you know basically run some apps and look at some stuff, you can do it that way. Or you can flip it into regular Windows mode. And I've got a little Bluetooth uh, mouse and a little... Uh, Bluetooth uh, foldable keyboard, so it can become a little mobile computer for the stuff that I need it for. It's not the most powerful thing in the world, but if it's just if I take it to work, want to bang out an email, or if I want to do something like that, uh, you know, it's it's functional enough for that. And I kind of wish that's what uh, Mac would do with the iPad: a little button in the corner, either tablet mode so you can keep using it like an iPad if that fits the way you want to do it. But if you do want to set it down hook the keyboard up to it and you've got you can bring up the familiar mac interface with the familiar controls where they are need to be and you don't have to like think from the uh, mac version to the ipad version and remember where the controls are at and a finger pointing interface is going to operate differently than a mouse driven interface um you can do more. You can hit smaller targets. You can do things like that. So I just and maybe if this catches on, maybe they'll do something like that. It's not. I don't know that they have to put the Mac OS itself on there. But if there's some way they could merge the interfaces, Blend just it so together. for the consistent, yeah, for the consistency. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's people going to howl that you know you can't put 
you know, they've been talking about the ossification of Mac. and uh, That's not what I want or what I'm getting at is, but I you can keep both operating devices but still have the consistency of feel from one to the other. And the app developers, and, you know, maybe that's the other thing, too. If, they, if the, the pro, you know, starts hitting it in enterprise, there's going to be developers that want to be able to develop for the Mac and for the iPad, and they don't want to have to sit there and redesign the, uh, their interface. And, you know, it may be corporate that may, you know, uh, drive this. They may just say, you know, it would be easier for us to write programs, especially if it's corporate people um, with their own custom programs that they want to run or whatever. They'd like to be able to develop it once, not have to rejigger the interface from one to the other. So maybe, you know, if this goes well, they might do that. And just so that you can have, uh, like I said, the button you can push. And if you want an iPad, push the button. If you want to be able to, you know, like I say, do, I don't want to say more serious computer work, but if you want to have your interface that you, um, with the information that you need there handier to get to, then you could flip it over into desktop mode and be able to accomplish more. Yeah. No, I, I, that makes complete sense. I don't know whether that'll ever happen or we'll get any closer to it or not, but it does. Uh, but also talking about the iPads, uh, the Air got no love shown to it. Um, neither did the Air 2 or the Air, but the iPad Mini did get some love shown to it. And since Mark is probably, well, Mike has an iPad Mini as well. Yep. Um, what did you all think of that? They basically put it on par now with the iPad it's Air about 2. Time. Let, let's just hope that when they do the normal size iPad Air model and then they do the mini when they update those next, let's hope that both of those models receive the same performance upgrade each and every time. Um, because the iPad mini was always kind of the Step bastard up. child, the stepchild, if you will, the you know the middle child that just didn't get the the love as much, and it's a shame because look, yes, I don't have an iPad Mini anymore or a normal full size iPad, but it, it's just that it didn't work for me. And as I've spoken about many times, technology has to work in my house, otherwise it's got to be sold. If I'm not using it, I can't just have it sit around. Uh, but the iPad Mini was a beautiful little system. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And I've got to tell you, with that performance, I've, I've got to buy the kids uh, a new iPad each soonish. I mean, the iPad 2s will support iOS 9. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it depends how much faster and, and how much they improve performance because they did say that they have improved performance. But it also makes me think, well, you know, should I just buy them an iPad Mini? And then if I look at that, that power that's in there, that was in the iPad Air 2, that would do them for three or four years again. Um, so I'm glad that they did it. Um, and I'm glad that it's now on par. Uh, some people are complaining, oh, but the iPad Air 2 didn't go to the iPad Air 3. And it's like, but again, I'd, I'd argue that, well, I'm just glad that the performance is the same across those two now. Let's hope that when they do upgrade them, to the next generation that they stay on par yeah i i mean the um it basically it's it i mean my ipad air 2 or the ipad air 2 has the a8x chip and the uh, ipad mini 4 now has the a8 so the performance should be very similar and as i've said before uh, my ipad air uh it's like hot butter it's just so smooth so fast um and my phone too, for that matter. But 
Mm-hmm. So and, the, and that's, a, that's what you're hoping to see in the iPad Pro as well, is, is that kind of level of performance that then in many respects, and I've got to be quite honest about this, my MacBook Air is really fast. But if I've got multiple things open, if I'm going down and, and um, using the, the swap files and so forth, it does have a tendency to slow down a bit. Things will bounce a couple of times before they launch. The, the amount of power that's in the iPad will take away the waiting game, will take away the tedious little moments between switching apps that I even find is there in the Mac. Um, it's just, it's fluid. It's so fluid, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess I didn't see that they updated the uh, iPad mini. So what, is this the processor on par with what you said, the iPad Air 2? So, yeah, yep. yeah, the Air 2. Is that- Air 2 has that- the A8X, and the okay. iPad Mini 4 will have the A8. Okay. So, uh, and... Which is the I iPhone, saw- which is actually what's in the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Okay. Because the they've... I think they've kind of butchered the iPad naming stuff, because the iPad... Um, iPad... What is it? iPad 2? Or iPad Air 2, that's the most powerful one up until the Pro, right? Right. And it's still okay. it is, yeah because you have the iPad Mini two, you have then they have the iPad Mini four, then they have the iPad Air, the iPad Air two, and now the iPad Pro. So they have five different tablets. Um, you have with the the iPad Pro is its own size, and there's only one version of it. But right. the Air, and then you have the previous uh, Air two, and then the previous Gen Air, and then the Mini. Uh, you have the current version of the one released today, the Mini 4, and the Mini 3 kind of goes away. Uh, and the Mini 2 is the low end because you can get into a Mini 2 for uh, $269. So that's fairly cheap. And that has probably the same processor, I think, that your phone has in it, Mark, and maybe yours, Mike. I don't know. Yeah. The A7. Yeah. So I still got the five yet. I've lost track of what. That's an A six, if memory serves. Okay. Okay. So yeah, the 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 Mini Two would have a little bit better processor than what you have in your phone. Okay. Um, But that's the big difference. So yeah, I mean it's all over the place. They do only have the sixteen and thirty twos in the bottom line of the Mini, the bottom end Mini Two, and Mm -hmm. the Air the original air you can only get a 16 or a 32 the mini 4 and the air 2 you can get 16 64 or 128 and then in the uh pro it's the 32 and the 128 um interestingly enough the only wi-fi cellular model in the pro is the 128 they didn't offer the low end with site and to me the low end's more where you might need it with cellular data than the uh High end, so I, I think that's good though because it, it distinguishes the the individual that they're aiming for with, with that. I, I looked at that and thought, okay, that's the pro, the traveling pro, the the pro that wants to be connected everywhere, and therefore, a they're going to be happy paying the top dollar, uh, but b they're most likely going to want to have that extended data, that uh, extended storage, and if you look at Traveling with an iPad Pro with 128 gigs, even if you're going for business and you're traveling around for business and you're calling back to a mainframe server and and you're doing a lot over the internet, 
you look at that and it becomes your device where you can load up some movies and so forth and watch them in the hotel rather than, you know, paying the often exorbitant fees that hotels like to charge for access to, to pay TV content and so forth. So you can kind of take it, you know, with all your stuff on there. Well, too, and you look at it this way, too, the iPad Pro with Wi-Fi, you're at $1,079 U.S., the uh, iPad, uh, the MacBook Air, and it has cellular data. The MacBook Air entry model is eight ninety nine. So you're talking a th- what? That's a thousand eighty or a hundred and eighty dollar difference mm-hmm. for a bigger screen and same amount of storage. Retina as well. The, retina. Uh, the the amount of pixels exceed what's in the fifteen inch MacBook Pro, which yeah. is just like whoa. So you, uh, so the, you start MacBook- to really you get a gray line there. Oh, definitely. And the MacBook Air is great, um, you know, with um, hotspotting your iPhone um, and, and sharing data from your iPhone. That's where it's great. But if you don't have that or don't want to or maybe uh, your phone contract doesn't really give you enough data at a good enough price, then the Wi-Fi plus cellular option is fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, it's also it, nice it's, to have it's both. interesting. To have cellular yeah. data on both, too, if you can afford it. Absolutely, because you can also share from the iPad to a MacBook Air anyway. So it, it gives you options. And I think what I like about Apple's lineup recently and what they're doing recently is it's very much let's give the consumer options. And it's not – I mean, we're sort of Apple fanatics and geeks in general, so we're more likely to go, oh, well, we want to buy every single version of something that they release. But I think what they're doing now is they're releasing stuff that – you know what, some people are going to want that, absolutely, and it's going to be the best thing for them, and some people are going to be happy with the $800 MacBook Air and not want anything more. Other people are going to want to have the iPad, uh, sorry, the the iMac, uh, and then have an iPad for those moments where they're out of the office, maybe around the house and so forth. Or then there's going to be some people who just want to have just a phone and an iMac or a phone and a laptop, and, and I think that's what's really great about the variety that they've got now is that there's almost something for everyone now admittedly for the lower end of the market you've still got to look at android um for the lower end of the market on pcs you've still got to look at windows and i'm talking price point here i'm not even going to go into quality and so forth but you know kevin you mentioned earlier in the show that you know your 69 70 tablet you know is has really impressed you now you know, I'd like to see Apple do that. I'd like to see the iPad Mini 2, the entry entry level, being less than 269 for the 16 gig. I'd like to see it down at 199 or even down at 99 so that it allows much more people to get in uh, to the technology. Now, I don't even know if that's even possible. I know Apple makes <laughs> decent margins, but I don't know if it's possible at all um, to, to maintain that quality at that kind of price point. But it's desirable because without a doubt, we look at Apple products and they're the BMW or the Mercedes-Benz of the technology industry, regardless of what product it is that they've got on the market. They are just that little bit more expensive and sometimes they're out of reach of, of normal people. I, I class myself in that. Sometimes I, I look at them and I go, oh, I, I really want it, but boy, you know, spending that kind of money on that, eh, you know, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, 
And I, I think that's where, too, I, I come from that mindset that it's like, okay, if it's sitting there collecting dust, that's money that I've wasted on a, a product. Uh, and I try to get some money back into them, buy something else that I really want and, and, and so forth. But if it's cheaper, I'm not going to feel that bent out of shape. As you said, for $70... Uh, you know, you can give it to the kids and it, it's it's kind of like a, it's a throw around. It's like, you know what, if it lasts you a couple of years and you get some good usage out of it, great. Hell, I'll be happy, if I, get a, I'll be happy if I get a year's good usage out of it and I'll count yeah. myself lucky. So, but anyway. yeah, it's, it's kind of the same reasoning when I got that Fire Phone that I'm not using as a phone. I'm using it more as a, uh iPod Touch, but um you know, one hundred and fifty dollars. I got a hundred year or uh, uh, year. <laughs> yeah, I wish no. A um, hundred dollars in my Prime membership is extended for another year, and basically, I paid fifty nine dollars for a you know, thirty two gig, you know, iPod type device, and it uh, it does what I want to do, so I don't feel bad about. It. Like I said, the price wasn't bad, so yeah, it's one of those things that's price versus what you want and what you expect out of it, and. You know, like you know, Apple's always kind of gone towards the high end, and I understand they don't want to be like you know bottom feeders like some of these other companies. They've always been better than that, and you know, I think we expect them to be better than that. But uh, you know, and, and I guess kind of taking it back to the Apple Watch thing, you know, it just it feels like they're going beyond the better part of it, and they're kind of to me, it seems like with the again the thousand dollar watch, you're kind of sniffing that snobby territory, and <laughs> that just kind of you know doesn't set well to me, but yeah, I think, and you know obviously what they're doing is right because they're making like buttloads of money so far okay. now whether whether things will change you know because not they aren't always going to be on top forever, but right now you mean you can't fault their formula, so you know and you know, I pay money for Apple devices because they are good and they do what I want them to do. But, you know, we'll just have to see. Um, you know, it would be nice a little lower because, like I said, I have nine full iPhone 5 and uh, I wouldn't mind moving up to, a, you know, like a 6 Plus. Um, I would love a 6 Plus 128 gig. But you mm. know, it's about a thousand dollars right there. So yeah, that, that's that's more than I, I paid for my my MacBook Air. And every time I look at it and go, I'd like that. I just look. This one device is going to cost more than my Mac, my latest Mac that that I bought in two thousand thirteen. I just when I I see that and I just go, uh, look. I know our exchange rate and so forth is is tanked at the moment and and all that kind of stuff. And there, there's outside you know situations and and the technology that you can do is is completely different. But it's still to me just a phone. That allows me to occasionally get on the internet and do occasional things. It's not really. It's not. It, it, I don't even class the iPhone as a work platform, a work machine. Yes, I use it. Yes, I use it for some pro- productivity things. I use it all the time, but I'm still using it mainly as an iPod. At, at, you know, so that I've, I've got that music streaming through all the time. I, I think I've told you guys I'm subscribed to Tidal now full time. Um, a much better quality than Apple Music and Spotify and so forth. Uh, much more expensive, though. Um, don't get me wrong there. It's $30 a month. Um, but I use it for that. I, I use it for that functionality, not so much, you know, and I'll use it for maps occasionally. If we're out and about, oh, a bit of traffic here, let's see where we can reroute ourselves to get around the city. But I'm not going to sit there and write... I've tried riding on it. I've been successful. I can ride on it. 
but it's it's not ideal. It's not nice. You kind of get hand cramps after a while. Um, I check social networks. I look up something quickly on Safari. But it's also stuff that I don't need to be doing either, that I could just wait until I go and sit at the computer and, and actually do it there. And I don't know about you guys, but I have always found Safari on the Mac to be just massive, just really fast. It's incredibly fast. Whereas on iOS devices, you hit the return button and, and it just it kind of chugs away. It just, I don't know what it is. I've never been able to understand it. And this is, I think, what worries me about the iPad Pro because a lot of what I do is online and, and driven from the web browser. And I worry that you're going to see that sluggishness occur. And I'm not sure whether it's in the rendering and the resizing of a web page um, down to the smaller screen size. I'm not sure whether... But because all the wireless technologies in there suggest that, hey, it's ultra-fast. It's an ultra-fast communication device. I mean, we can do video calls and everything, but yet web pages seem horrendously slow. I've never really understood what that limitation is. Um, well, part, part of that is, uh, and that, this is one of my pet peeves, is some of the sludge that some of those websites are sending down the tubes uh, mm -hmm. really irritates the, the bejeevers out of me. And, yeah, you, even though the processor in a mobile device is powerful to try and do, like, say, that much rendering, it's not all the phone. I think there are some web developers I would like to take out proverbially to the <laughs> woodshed and have a discussion <clears throat> with them about things like that. Um, but so, but part of it, because I've had that too, and I try to go to a website and it's just like loading, 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 and, you know, you're just going a little nuts there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I think it's kind of a little of both there when it comes to that. Okay. Well, now, we've, we've talked a lot about the iPad, and we've started into the iPhone, so why don't we talk a little bit about the iPhone before we move on to the next thing. So, I have only gotten bits and pieces. That's the part of the presentation I haven't seen yet. Um, I've been through... I, uh, I almost fell asleep by the time I got to the iPhone, to be quite honest. No, I, I, was, I, was up, I, was I was up early this morning. I was up early this morning, and you know what? Uh, what have they done to, to make it great? I mean, okay, yes, they've well, put 12 pixels in. They've put 4K in. That's great. Rose gold. Uh, hey? Rose gold. Rose gold, yes, no, yucky. Um, but, look, it, you know, it's for more for the, well, the feminine audience. Um, than there the, the goes our last well, two lady listeners. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what what I, I find interesting is they've... 4K recording capabilities in there. Okay, cool. The Apple TV, which we'll talk about soon, uh, if we get around to it. We're running an hour and a half already, uh, and I haven't had lunch, so my, my tummy's grumbling. Um, but we're, we're looking at 4K recording, but the Apple TV will not stream or play back 4K at all. Um so I, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, this is maybe legacy, create legacy content. But if I can't watch 4K on a 4K Apple television on a 4K television, why put 4K in the phone? Apple doesn't normally jump that quickly ahead. I think they've put 4K in there just because they've gone 12 megapixel with the camera. Now, should they have gone 12 megapixel? Yeah, why not? Uh, you know, on NAMP last week, we were discussing... 
you know, what we'd like. And I think um, myself, Victor and, and Antonio pretty much clarified that, you know, we don't mind 12 megapixel, but we would have preferred 8 megapixel and have the capability to take that raw um, image, that raw save file, and use that instead of having the JPEG, the, the JPEG yeah. compressor. Um, it just gives you a lot more flexibility. There's a lot more things that can be done. There's more things that can be done from apps and so forth when you've got that raw file. And I, yet again, I, I think now we're, we're seeing an, another interesting problem that Apple's created for itself. You've got 12 megapixel. Yes, they, they do have JPEG compression, so the file sizes will be smaller than, say, on a digital SLR. Um, but you've only got 16 gigs at the entry level still, which... At 12 megapixel, you kind of go, and this is supposed to be the greatest camera that you've always got with you. The problem with that analogy is that eventually people are going to run out of space really, really quickly. And they haven't given an option to turn around and, or not that I'm aware of anyway, in iOS, to turn around and say, okay, I only want to save a, equivalent to an 8 megapixel image. So, yes, it can capture at 12, but I want to save an 8 megapixel or a 5 megapixel one. I think that we're really missing out on things there because, I mean, you, you look at it and, I, look, people still take pictures of their food, honestly. We haven't got past <laughs> that yet as a society. It makes me worry. Um, but you look at that. You do not need a, a, a 12 megapixel picture of your baguette. You just you, – you don't need that. You know, it's like – you, that's something that if you are so keen on keeping it, you, you can tone it down. It, it, it's web quality at best. You don't, you don't need but megapixels. I need, but for, I need high-def pictures of my couscous when I'm eating it. Uh, you just want to see the individual grains and elements. And yes. it, look, I, I, um, the iPhone 6S and, and 6S Plus, nice, confusing names, but that's what they do. 16 gigabytes last year I was bitching about that um, with the 6 and 6 plus this year I'm, I'm complaining even more and here's why I'm complaining about it and this may um, this may sound petty and so forth but again it comes down to money okay so it comes down to the price of things now the sorry guys I've just got to um, go in and, and, and get to the prices on the Australian store of, of how much these new phones will cost because, as you know, I don't buy on contract, I buy off contract. So I buy them outright. Now, the iPhone 6S at 16 gigabytes of storage is $1,079. The iPhone 6S Plus at 16 gigs is $1,229 Australian dollars. Oh. At 16 gig, it's already more than I can really afford. So... I'm in a position now where I can't afford to go for that next iPhone because it's it's, just, it's too much money. I mean, yes, look, I've got cash. I can I can do it. I'm not destitute, but that's a lot of coin. That's a hell of a lot of money. And once you go up, if I wanted the optimal, which you know we we all sort of aim towards, the standard success. Um, is for one twenty eight is thirteen hundred and seventy nine dollars. Ouch! Wow. And it, it just—I I think that's where I get disappointed with things. I, I look at it and I go, "Okay, if I could stretch the pennies that far, I'd have to go the sixteen gig." And I know the sixteen gig wouldn't be 
a good experience. I'm, I'm sure people are going, yeah, but it's not, if you're spending that money, it's only another couple of hundred to go up again. It's like, yeah, but I don't want to spend that much money to begin with. Yeah. Um, it, so, it, yeah, it's one of those things. I, I mean, I like how they've reduced the price of the, the previous models. And it may be something that I'll look at. Maybe I'll go the standard six in the previous model. That's around about $900 in, in Australian terms. It's still ludicrously expensive. But you know what? It was fine last week. But truth be told, my iPhone 5S, still going strong. I don't have a problem with it from day to day. So I might just keep that for another year. That's interesting because I know you've been, because you bought your wife a new phone, uh, she had a 4S, I think you said. She had a 4S, and it was just unusable once we upgraded to iOS 8. It was really slow, really bad. And um, I said, well, let's go and get you a new one. Now, we paid $999 Australian dollars for the 16 gig 6 Plus. But then our exchange rate a couple of months after that tanked, and the prices went up around about $200. Um, for the same phone, and that then left me in the the situation where there was no way I could spend that kind of money on a phone. Plus, I kind of got bent out of shape. I'm like, but hold on a sec. <laughs> why, why is it so much more? It, it sucks. Uh, you know, it's not Apple's fault. It's the exchange rate. You know, we do in Australia sort of paying what we call an Apple tax, um, but it's just the exchange rate, and it's Apple covering its its own bottom line, Apple Australia anyway covering its own bottom line to make sure that when the exchange rates swing violently, which they tend to, uh, that they don't lose money and, and so forth because Apple Australia is not owned by Apple International uh, or Apple Incorporated. They're a, a separate company that has been given the licence to run as Apple uh, Inc. Australia. So there's an independent business of Apple uh, so they've got to run their own price, and that, that's why they, they make sure that, you know, they put this buffer in. Um, it, it's a shame, but it, it's just one of those things that I, I think, especially with our Australian dollar being so low, it's just something that I've got to hold on to now and just go, you know what, I'm happy with the 5S for another year. Um, and certainly for what I do, hey, it, it works, and it, it does its job well. And, look, sometimes the new OS, iOS 9 coming out in, I think, six days' time, sometimes those new OS updates can really breathe new life into an old an old system. And, and you know... It can breathe or it, kill it, and, you know. It, it, well, and in, in the case of iOS 8, it, it killed the 4S. But then when you look at what they've done in iOS 9 to make the updates smaller and, and to make it work better with more legacy uh, equipment, it, I think it really gives a good opportunity that people are going to be able to keep these things for years to come. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree. Um, the one thing that intrigues me, and I haven't had a chance to delve into it, is the uh, upgrade plan they talked about where you pay so much a month and you can just continually get a new phone directly from Apple. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was like between seventeen, nineteen dollars up to I think thirty-two or thirty-six dollars a month. So that intrigues me. I need to dig into that a little bit more and understand mm. it better because that could be that could satisfy that itch um, for me. Uh, it's similar to what T-Mobile here in the United States is doing, and I think Sprint. Uh, 
carrier specific, but you can get non-carrier branded phones directly from Apple and just pay that you know that fee every month. And hey, that's good for Apple's bottom line. And plus, it keeps the newest phones out there or gets more of the newest phones out there than they might normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- no, that's just for the phone. That's not the service, right? Correct. That's the phone. Yeah, because I'm looking at it here for like a, a iPhone 6s. Let me see. I want to do the plus. Make sure I got the plus here. Uh, oh yeah, okay. I think it's for the plus. Yeah, that's thirty-seven forty-five for the sixteen gig, and forty-two forty-five for the thirty sixty-four and. About $47, almost $48 for the 128 gig. So every month you'd pay that, and then every year you could get a new phone? That's basically how I understand it. Um, again, I haven't read all the details and seen the whole thing on it yet. So that's that's what it sounds like to me from what I understand of it. So <laughs> It's it's tempting because, like I said, I still got the 5. thing is, I like it. It works good. A little bigger phone, both screen-wise and storage space would make me happy, but the 5 is still, yeah, here, read sign language. Anyway, um, you know, just more storage, especially, but the bigger screen size, too, because that's the one thing about that that Fire Phone that's got a bigger screen, and I do, you know, it's kind of nice, and so, you know, a bigger screen would be nice. So there's a few things, but, you know, um, I don't have a desperate desire to get it, but, boy, yeah, I would like to have it, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you look at that, that's my four against the six plus. Right. Yeah, that's a big difference. But, you know, that, that said, I I actually still like the five S size, um, and I'm a little bit disappointed that they didn't announce a a four inch um, iPhone upgrade. Um, I don't know what will happen once the five S falls off the um, the product lineup, whether they'll just ignore the the four inch size, but I, I think again it comes down to give uh, people options, and 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 I certainly like the smaller the smaller phone. It fits in my pocket better. Um, it does what I need it to do, um, and I, I don't really want a larger phone either. That's something that would also keep me with the the existing five S for now, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I mean I understand everybody's different. I really love the bigger size phone. Uh, it works in almost every pocket situation I have it. I have to use it in, excuse me, that I have to use it in. So I'm good with it. But that's not true of everybody. I know plenty of people that say, oh, that's so big. You know, they'll take my phone and they'll go, oh, my God, how do you deal with such a big phone? I'm going really easy. And they say, how do you one-hand it? And I'll go, just like this. You know, and I don't have the biggest hands. But I can one hand type, but I if I have to. But even with the four, I never one handed type that much on it either. I always mm. have a tendency to put the phone in mostly one hand, but the other hand's kind of steadying it a little bit. So I can then I'm one finger typing, or two thumb typing, or you know one thumb or two thumb typing. So you know it is what it is for everybody. It's a little bit different. And I think, folks, uh, considering we've already run uh, well over an hour and a half, <laughs> this show, we'll, we'll <laughs> and we save. didn't even get to the Apple TV. Wow. Yeah, and, and there's a lot to talk about in the Apple TV because that was one of the – that's probably my second favorite thing I saw in this announcement. So um, I, I, I do want to talk about that, but I think maybe we'll hold that for next week to give us – because we always run short of topics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and just to throw a teaser out there, you know um, – 
Mark's asked me to be on NAMP uh, tomorrow night, and we'll be discussing some of this. And I think uh, Kevin said he was going to try and make it to if possible. So I think mm-hmm. that we'll see a continuation of this. And uh, just to tease it a little bit more, uh, Mark has given us assignments on what we're supposed to do. So I got some homework to do here. Um, <laughs> But uh, so yeah, I that, say, that's only sad that we don't go for another two-hour show. I guess because there is a lot to talk about, yeah. right? And like I say, the uh, and you know, Mark's assignment to me was the uh, Apple TV, and it does intrigue me. And like I say, I'll save my. Uh, and I haven't had much of a chance, just what I've seen on Twitter and kind of did a quick study. So I'm going to do some homework, and it'll be my gut impression. It's not going to be an expert impression. Um, but And compare it to, you know, what – because I do dabble a lot in the stupid, you know, uh, the TV alternative box uh, era. I don't know what you want to call it. But um, – so I do, and then you know it's got some gaming aspects too, and I'm kind of doing that a little bit too. So you know I'll do some. It'll be my gut reactions to that. But like I say, uh, anybody wants to hear more, go find Mark's uh, Not Another Mac podcast. Look it up, and then you can hear more of this. Because at this point, everyone's going, "Oh, shut up! We need to go pee." <laughs> <laughs> I need to go eat, not pee. I did pee pee before the show. Well, then you'll after you eat and drink, then you'll need to go pee again. So, <laughs> but anyway. And, uh, and it's back to number one and number two. That's it. So with that, uh, we'll start slightly reversed order. Um, Mike, in case nobody knows where to find you, you want to tell the list, good listeners where they can find out more about you? Yeah, if you really want to hear what I have to say, uh, you can find me on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have an about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Uh, thank you, and folks, go listen to that. And as Mike said, he was recording Sci-Fi Tech Talk. I'm glad to hear they're getting ramped back up. Uh, yeah. So yes, uh, and we had a special guest on because Jeff is driving across the continent on his motorcycle. So we had JF Dubow on, who has written. Um, he's written two books. Uh, one is. Um, the Life Engineered, which is a sci-fi book, and then the new one that he's got is sort of a. Um, mystery horror book called god in the shed and so we talked about both of them and so if you know either one of those genres intrigue you and you want to hear from an author actually talking about his book you know come check out sci-fi tech talk very good and i do encourage the listeners to go over and have a listen mr green tree in case nobody knows where to find your informative and well thought out opinions although they do change but they are they're informative and well thought out uh, can you please tell the good listeners where they can find out more about you? Just go across to markgreentree.com. That's very simple. And I think I even plugged you on the last show to go over to markgreentree.com. So. You generally do, which I appreciate, Kevin. Thank yes, you. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's either plug you uh, your website or I have to plug you if you ever show up in the United States. So, you know, it's one of the two. So we'll just go whichever. A plug's a plug. That's right. It's all about the plugging. So anyway, folks, if you want to find out more about me, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Or if you want to go over and see my about.me page, it links to the various things over there. It's about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. And I'm with two L's as Mike has two E's and Mr. Greentree has like 65 E's in his name. Four E's, thank you. At At least I don't have F's. Well, if you're 4F, then you would never have to worry about serving in the military. So there's always that. But there anyway. So, folks, if you want to find out more about the show, please go over to geekiestshowever.com. Uh, we will never turn down a review in iTunes. We'd love to have them, good, bad, or indifferent. I'll criticize them, though. Yeah. We, we, we <laughs> not, Mark will. I won't. Um, 
but uh, we would appreciate it. And uh, I want to thank you all for downloading and listening to the show. And please remember, if you do nothing else between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Hey, Siri, I'm looking for a new podcast. How about three geeky ladies? Well, I want to hear about technology. As I said, three geeky ladies. I want to learn about different types of apps and websites that will help me in my day-to-day life. Um, Three Geeky Ladies fits the bill. A podcast that talks about new releases in Apple, like iCloud, Photos, new iPhones, and iPads. Oh, and El Capitan is coming out soon, right? As I've been saying, Three Geeky Ladies is what you want. Say, what about the Three Geeky Ladies podcast? That looks like exactly what I want. Thanks, Siri. Wow. Three Geeky Ladies, a technology podcast from a female perspective. Find it on the Stoplight Network.